Hello and welcome to another episode of Unboxing Women, where we explore why women in business are often called such a bitch. Our aim is to examine why women are marginalized in the music industry and we also broaden our view to the underlying aspects of modern society in general. My name is Dana Rex and with me is my friend Micah Rose. We are both singer-songwriters, performers and recording artists from Europe and this is a bi-weekly live stream on YouTube and you can also listen to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Today we have a special guest with us. Welcome Michaela D. Jordan. <laughs> um, I would like to know a bit more about you. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Um, well, I guess we should talk about the music part. Um, I started in the music industry when I was 13 um, as an artist. And then as I got older, I started, as I continued in the industry, I actually kind of noticed that um, there was a big disconnect between artists and management. So as I got older, um, through being a musician and teaching lessons and running music schools, I kind of figured out that I wanted to uh, manage artists. So by the time I was like 19, 20 years old, I started picking up artists freelance and, wow. you know, helping them out because what I realized is that being behind the scenes of things and doing like I was really lucky to have an internship at Rope Dope Records um, in Philadelphia. And they taught me so much about their business model and they really put artists first. So I wanted to take what I was learning there and give it to artists and kind of educate them and empower them. So that's basically what I did. And that's how I started Golden Poppy. And Golden Poppy is kind of an alternative for artists to your normal management or label structure. It's more focused towards teaching the artists and educating the artists to empower them to make their own decisions. It's more, it's more you become a team instead of a manager just kind of bossing around an artist. <laughs> um, so that's, that's Golden Poppy. That's what that's about. Uh, and as far as me, I live in Los Angeles with my husband and my cat and I play music all the time when COVID's not happening. And I like hiking and long walks on the beach. And basically, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> what is your artist name? My artist name is The CTs. Um, I just released my first album in May. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, um, Michele, we, we uh, read up a little bit about you. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I was just wondering, because you said um, concerning, I think it was concerning the Golden Poppy Artist Service. Um, you said in one of your interviews that you were a Girl Friday. And yes. I have no idea what that means. Can you explain <laughs> what you mean by that? That is like a really old like slang term. Um, I got that. I got that kind of terminology when I was working at Ropadope. Um I ended up coming in as an intern, but what happened was I started becoming direct support for the CEO of Ropadope. And I was like, okay, Michaela, we need to audit royalties. We need to hang up stuff in the label. We need to do social media marketing. We need to plan this. So a girl Friday means like anything and everything. And I kind of brought like that Jill of all trades kind of thing to golden poppy as well. So we do a lot of things. We can do distro. We can do musician services if an artist needs it. We can do social media marketing is really like one of our specialties as well as like pretty much anything under the sun you can think of. And since since I'm running it, 
it's either me doing the work or me like outsourcing to maybe like a PR agent I know or something. So that's kind of like what that Girl Friday thing means. It's like, whatever you need, I have to go and get it done. That's really interesting because that term really confused me. I was reading it. I was like, I think this is what it means, but I don't know why it would be called that. (laughs) But is it like an old music industry term then in the US? Yeah, it's like just an old term in the US. They would actually use it I don't know, I was kind of like reclaiming the term because they would actually use it like in the 50s in business environments. Um, You know, your girl Friday was like, all right, she's getting the coffee, she's running the paperwork, she's doing the taxes. And, you know, she was the woman that was running the business under the CEO and she was the one making sure everything was going smoothly. So I'm like, you know what? Why Why doesn't the girl Friday kind of do her own thing? So yeah, I'm trying to like, cool. I'm trying to like reclaim the term a little bit. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the woman behind the scenes keeping everything up. <laughs> basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, I don't know. I, I, I had another question concerning um, your music because you, uh, you started out a very young, right? You started yes. out at 14, was it? Yeah, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Wow. And so you said you already, you grew up in a really small town um, and uh, you started out with an all-female band, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I um, I began just gigging by myself and then when I was 14, I started a band with my sister and we were all girls in this really, really small backwoods town. So that was fun (laughs) being being the only girls like you know driving driving like two hours to get to a gig because that was where we had to go play my parents would um you know we'd have a gig on a weeknight and they'd let us they're like keep your grades up and you can skip class the next morning so you can sleep in oh wow and then you can go to school late (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's really cool but that's also because your father was a musician right so yeah my dad my dad was a musician mm, he understood the the, yeah. the things that go along with it. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was super supportive. That's and really cool. Like most kids, their parents, when you're eight, nine years old, most kids, their parents are like taking them to barbecues on the weekends. My dad was like taking me to his gigs. He's like, here, hang out, drink a Shirley Temple. And like, I got to play a set. And, you know, so it was just, it was just like my whole life. And I picked up a guitar at nine, 10 years old. And then like, you know, it was just always something. It was just always what I did. It was just my whole life. Yeah, awesome. uh, about the guitar so there was an interview Micah you you read about that you had a question about the guitar uh, <laughs> so um yeah so there was an interview somewhere um that um oh god this is so long ago now but basically there's guitarists um Oh Jesus Christ! And my so, mind is going blank. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, was it the thing about male and female guitarists? Yes, yes, that was, yes, that yeah, was yeah, it. That like okay. you, you come in. Yeah. Is that you said that you come in with a guitar? If you're if yeah. you're male, people oh, yeah, assume yeah, yeah. you play. I, I've, I've yeah. got this one written down. So ah. so let me just read this for the other people. Um, so you said, and I wasn't sure which one you were referring to for Sorry. a moment there. Um, so. Um, there's a quote from, I'm guessing from you, <laughs> which yes, I picked out of an interview. Um, <laughs> it says, when a man walks into a room with a guitar, everyone assumes he can play until he proves them wrong. When I walk into a room with a guitar, everyone assumes I can play. I can't play until I prove them wrong. Huh. Yes. So, yeah. 
that yeah, must be so annoying. That. Yeah, because like, you know, it, it, it can be, but you know what I found, especially like being so young, like me and my band would walk into these clubs and we'd get heckled before we hit the stage. You know, I'd walk in with a case and I'd be like, oh, you're gonna play some Taylor Swift? Oh, you know how to play that thing? Like before I had even gotten up, you know, at 15 years old, these dudes who were like in their 20s, like, you know, giving a shit. But you know what it what happened is it made me practice just a little bit more and it made me play just a little bit better and work just a little bit harder than, you know, some dude sitting on his college campus playing Wonderwall and everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so good. Like, wow, you're so amazing. Like, I had to kind of work a little bit harder and it made me a better player. Like it sucks that it sucks that it it had to happen that way, but you know what? At the end of the day, it just like made me a stronger guitarist. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, it, it, the, the the thing after that, which you said, was um, women have to prove themselves before they are taken at face value, mm-hmm. and I think yes. that's interesting because taking someone at face value basically means this: what you see is what you get. Right. Mm-hmm. But with women, it's not what you see is what you get. You see something and assume that's not what you're getting. You're getting less. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's I not have... even taking someone at face value. It's less. And that is whew, yeah. that strikes somewhere. Yeah, it's different. intense. I yes, had a man is. walk up to me. I had a man walk up to me at a cafe in Philadelphia. I had a guitar on my back and he walked up to me and asked me if I could play it. And I was like, no, so I'm carrying arrogant. this around for fun. Like, <laughs> exactly. like, like, and that's like a perfect example. Like he saw me with a guitar and didn't even take me at face value. He just assumed that, yeah. oh, this girl found a guitar on the street and is carrying it around <laughs> for her boyfriend or something. Like, yeah, you know? like she can play like three chords and maybe I can teach her how to play. <laughs> I was oh a teacher God. at that point, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm teaching kids with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's very arrogant how uh, some men can just assume... Um, all these things it's mind-blowing we've we've already had episodes and episodes full of this kind of stuff but i mean donna this this ties into what you were talking about earlier about um like female musicians yes yes when mike and i met um at reperban last year so the the no actually two years ago now 2019 uh the topic came up that available musicians to form a band with when you're a solo artist like like us both they are predominantly male and also mm-hmm. quite gray-haired if i may say it that way so you have this pool of you know old dudes that you you want to you know make your hip band out of and like okay let's go on tour and on stage and it's just it doesn't really reflect the brand um so i was wondering if you are uh, also a musician for hire do you only write and play for your own project how does that work um i'm definitely a musician for hire i love collaborating with people so um I mean, obviously things are slow because of COVID right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really focusing on my follow-up album at the moment. But I've been on a couple songs with my friend Danny Henry, who actually played piano on my whole album with me. So, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. Like middle-aged white dude. That's like <laughs> yes. everybody. Yeah. Like everybody in the music scene. It's because, it's really because um, young women... Like I said, like, you know, a a 13-year-old girl starts getting heckled before she gets on stage. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And there's actually been, a, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that young women are discouraged from, from playing and especially guitar, drums and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's because they're not seeing people like them. That's why, like, I love, I love her and I love, um, you know, I love Victoria Monet and I love that there's all of these badass women, especially guitar players coming up right now when before like all girls had was like Joan Jett and Lita Ford. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not a metal player and you're not, and you're not going to be that hot metal girl and that's not what you want, then you don't, you don't have any, any guideposts and you don't know what you want to be. Like a dude has anybody under the sun that they want to be, but girls up until recently have had like a very small pool to pick from. Mm -hmm. So as time goes on, you'll find a lot less older women or women our age still playing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah also probably, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this in other episodes about motherhood, etc. It kind of, you know, makes you stop doing things because it is also mm -hmm. expected that when you have a kid, you just, you know, concentrate on that because you're a woman and that's what you're supposed to do. And your mm -hmm. hobbies and uh, or, or even your your um, profession, uh, you know, is it will, will completely be put to the side. And, you know, and I think that's a very sad thing. I think that's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can we can do both. <laughs> right. Men are ne men are never asked how are you going to balance your family and your career. Yeah. They never they're never asked that question. No, they're you not. Know? It's always yeah, it's always just assumed that somebody else will be there to take over the labor. Mhm. Mm exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I mean, that's how it was for a long long time. So, mm -hmm. I don't know how it is in the US. Um, do you have a just weird sidestep here, but do you have um um uh, what do you call it? Um, what's it called? You mean in labor? Leave, no, leave for for dad. Oh, paternity leave. Paternity. Yeah, paternity. <laughs> do you have that? Depends. Uh, it depends on because a lot of us get. I mean, let's not even talk about our healthcare system and how much of a clusterfuck our healthcare system. <laughs> exactly. But, um, no, we. It is not. I know. It depends on your job. If your job gives you health insurance and if your job allows you to leave, then you may have paternity leave okay. or maternity leave. Wow. Men very rarely get any leave when they have a baby. Women usually get six weeks. Okay. Which is so like, it's AOC, AOC six was weeks. just talking about it and she's... It's not a lot. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. AOC was just talking. She's like, we don't even take puppies from their moms before eight weeks because it's considered yeah, cruel. Like true. you're you're making women leave their babies after six weeks. Yeah. So yeah, we. If you're lucky, you may have maternity leave. Yeah. No. If the not, reason. Yeah. You're expected to quit your job. You're expected right. to quit wow. your job. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I'm yeah. asking is because in Germany we do have paternity, paternity and maternity leave. I think paternity mm -hmm. leave is. You can you can take it as long as the woman does, I think, um, but um, I think you need to split it up between the parents. So like it's either the parent, the father takes a year, or the mother takes a year, or you know. Oh my god, they let you take like, a year. I think they that's can amazing. take a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something else. That's the. Um, it's not the paternity leave. It's uh, it's called something else. But I see what you mean. In Belgium, we have the same thing. Parent leave, basically. The, yeah, yeah, because you're a parent. Leave, yeah. So in Belgium as well, um, you know, the mother gets. I think it's. 
three months and then depending on the, something just changed so I'm not I'm not working in HR anymore I used to work in HR years ago so I, I was on top of all of those things but now not so much um, but yeah it's three months for uh, maternity leave and if you're breastfeeding now it can be longer and um, then you also get per parent so the paternity was always very short paternity was like just two weeks but each Mm -hmm. parent also got like uh, an x amount of years that they could take off like an x amount of time it's not years i think it's three months or something extra time in belgium in belgium i don't know in germany uh, that you can take off but you can like stretch it into a year so you can take three times a month or every friday off for as long as it takes to get to those three months or Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know so you can like split it up yeah I'm, i'm also not sure like the whole year is paid i don't think so but you get like at least three months paid and then the rest yeah i'm not sometimes like you really have to like work it out with your employer like Mm. i know some women like their employer will be like yeah you can take a month off but we're not paying you or Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. or maybe we'll have your job for you when you come back maybe we won't okay like a lot of times yeah yeah. a lot of times like a woman is and and you know it's it's kind of within our culture that women are just expected like okay you're having a baby you either go back to work like two three weeks after you had your baby or you just take time off like there's like this funny tv trope of women like pumping their breast milk like in the office because like that's just how that's just how it is yeah like you said like time off for breastfeeding like that's crazy you know we still have people we still have women getting yelled at for breastfeeding in public you know like most people don't feel that way yeah i obviously live in california where it's different but. but like so to bring it back basically um so the system is still in place, especially um, in the US um, and even like in society in Germany as well, um, that it is more expected of the mother to take the time off, more expected for the mother to set aside their job to care for the children. And also that this is actually increased by legislation. Yeah. Because that's in place as well that's that's part of the system so um it's actually very interesting to see how um how that affects um female careers right Um, yeah yeah i mean it's not a new thought in any way way shape or form but it's just it takes some just letting it sit and thinking about it to to really let it settle and be like okay wow this is a huge thing yeah, I think it's very like, wow, interesting. No, treated differently, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting as well that in the states, I mean, it's such a big country with so many people, and there's no legislation at all around it, and it actually just depends on your employer. Right. Here, it it's doesn't depend on your employer. It's you know, every employer has to give you yeah. you know like the set minimum amount. Some even give you more because right. they they want to. So yeah, it's it's right. it's a bit scary actually. It's be and I think it's because we're so big, like. Like, when I'm talking to people from Europe, basically what I liken it to is the U.S. is like the whole European Union. Yeah. And every every state has a different culture. And every state, like, like, the culture here in Los Angeles versus the culture in, like, Louisiana is 
worlds apart. Mm-hmm. So the the issue with a lot of this stuff, especially like with with mandating maternity leave and like legislating this is that you have all these representatives from these really red states, especially like in the deep south, who are going to fight against that because in their minds and their culture, it doesn't make sense to them, even though like here or up in like in any sort of city or like in certain in certain like states it will make a lot of sense to us and we'll want it a certain way and like the rest of the world sees it that way. There are so many states and so many people that have gotten convinced to vote against their own interests and, you know, all of these, like all of these like red states and whatever that are like, no, 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 keep it privatized. Keep it, keep it up to your job. And it keeps Mm -hmm. people locked in jobs that they're unhappy at too. Yeah. So it's just, it's so hard to get everyone on the same page when there's, I think 300 million people yeah, in the U.S. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. A lot of people. It, it, yeah. It'd be like trying to pass a law across all of Europe. You yeah. Well, I mean, we crazy. do that with the EU. But we do it, that, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. We're we're no, we, we do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. you know, so we have an example we're still that fighting they can over follow. It's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. It's gonna get. And on on that note, still um, circling it back uh, for a second to when you started out and um, you were still. Um, doing your solo gigs um so th- there was one um point where you um in an in an article where you said um bookers would not or club owners would not book you because you're a teenage girl so yeah. my question to that is did they say that to you in so many words or did you assume it they said it small town wait they wait, literally wait. said no go ahead yeah no, yeah, they literally said my bass player was booking our gigs and they said to her, we won't book you guys because nobody wants to see a bunch of little girls play. Okay, and, and what about little boys? <laughs> I, I don't that know. That wasn't a problem. That, oh, that, that wasn't was a problem. Because they were young men. Mm-hmm. They, weren't ah. little, they weren't little boys. They were young men. Well, joke's on him because obviously like in the small town, all you could play was like was like restaurants and like you'd play like yeah. your back patio. Yeah. Well, joke's on him because we went to the restaurant on the other side of town and we packed the house and we made him a ton of money because the whole damn high school would come see us play because we were the only band in town. Good. So <laughs> good. Good, good on you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love the that. other guy was like, I'll pay you 300 bucks. Come play. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you because we're, we're talking about all this legislation and stuff, but you are a, uh, a company owner. I mean, a business owner uh, with Golden Poppy. Yeah. Well, sole so, proprietor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, still, uh, when when did you start this up, actually? Well, it kind of evolved. Um, I was doing a little bit of it in Philly, a little bit of freelance stuff. Um, I got to start doing it full time and just just being Golden Poppy once I was in Los Angeles. Um, I was able to make like the full transition because the work was here. You know, yeah. I, I was able to I was able to get the clients that I needed to, you know, make do. Yeah, yeah exactly. so probably like, within the past two years, I've been doing it. I've been doing it like exclusively. And what makes Golden Poppy different from other agencies? You were saying that you you kind of do everything that's needed and it's more independent artists that you um, empower to do it themselves. H- how does that work? Yeah. Uh, well, what, what Golden Poppy does, um, most record labels will work a couple of different ways. Um, 
they'll have a 50-50 split with artists where artists cover like 50% of the cost of stuff and then the record label owns 50% of their work. Um, there's the typical manager 15% where you're taking 15% of everything the artist makes, you know, all of their gigging money, all of their streaming and everything. That has never sat right with me because when an artist is having a bad time, it doesn't seem right that I would take money from somebody. Like if you're having a gig and you need to pay your rent and they're paying you this much, I don't want to be like, okay, well, where's mine? You know? So Golden Poppy works on an hourly rate set by the artist, depending on the week and depending on what the artist is working on and what they can afford at the given time. So say an artist is just trying to maintain and just trying to like keep their social media steady, they'll hire us for five hours a week. Say they have a major release coming up, then they'll hire us for 15 hours a week and then they can fluctuate depending on what their budget is at a given time. And what that does, yeah, what that does is that gives the artist the ability to retain the power over their own career and retain the power over how much they are giving to their label. While at the same time, we have kind of a different mindset that I was luckily able to learn from Ropadope, where we work directly with the artist. And what I really loved about working with Ropadope is they kept the artist in the loop on a lot of things and they let them make a lot of calls that may many labels, especially major labels, won't make an artist you know, involved in mm-hmm. and won't allow them to make those calls. So what I do is anytime there's a major decision being made or anytime there's something that has to be done, whether I'm meeting with a PR person or doing anything else, I have the artist in that meeting with me and I have the artist looped in on everything and I explain what's going on to them. And I also make sure that, you know, they understand the pros and cons of what they're getting into because you've heard so many horror stories of, I could just watch the Chicago documentary, right? Chicago got hosed by their manager because he was just taking all their money because they weren't involved in the process and they weren't involved in knowing where their royalties were coming from and knowing what was happening. They were just like, I'll just crank it out and he'll take care of everything. Yeah. So my goal with Golden Poppy- Never a good idea. No. Never a good idea. And I, I actually worked for a record label where there was an artist, a woman, who was very involved in her marketing, very involved in her branding and her social media and all her whole online fan base for her band had been built because of her. And I had the owner of the record label say to me, oh, well, she thinks she knows what she's doing, but she really doesn't. Mind you, this guy didn't know how to like, you know, convert a damn PDF and was like this really old guy who had no idea how his own Facebook or Instagram worked. So yeah. That was yeah. that was one of the reasons why I was like, I need to do this full time because these artists actually do know what they're doing yeah. and they need to be working with managers and labels who respect them and, you know, don't think they're stupid and exactly. don't think that mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, don't think that. Oh, well, you're just you're just the talent. You're just the talent. It's like these these artists nowadays. This isn't the 50s anymore. These artists are doing their own marketing. They're running their own social media. They're connecting with their fans in new and organic ways that these major labels are scrambling to keep up with. Like you're seeing it with the TikTok thing. Universal and Sony are all over TikTok right now. Like, oh, how do we go viral? How do we go viral? Oh, we don't know. It's like, because these artists know. These artists know how to connect with their fans in a way that these major labels don't. And when we can work together, instead of trying to, you know, one up each other all the time, we can make really, really successful projects. 
yeah that's really that's, it that's, that's my rant mm. <laughs> I, I love that what's missing really isn't it like it's what we keep saying um that women are more likely to work together to help each other um and um i'm not saying men don't but this is this is exactly what i mean you know this is the the mentality of um not thinking you're better than anybody else but um listening to the other person uh taking in what they're saying seeing what they bring to the table and then doing an individual kind of um help to their needs and that's um yeah it, it, it's it's really nice to hear that because it's it's uh, missing in a lot of places yeah i like the and quote one up each other <laughs> that's good yeah and i think too it's like that's just kind of an example of how the patriarchy hurts everybody. You know, men are kind of conditioned to compete with each other and men are conditioned like you got to edge them out. You got to edge them out. And it's like, you know, that hurts men. That hurts mm -hmm. men when they're not, when they're not taught how to properly communicate and work together. Just like, you know, the, just like the patriarchy hurts women in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not good all around. doesn't matter what gender you are. You know? Yeah. True. I, I actually heard um, from uh, uh, a guy that I work with that very recently, actually, that he doesn't trust other men. So like they're connecting and networking and, and this and that. And, you know, he does this service and the other guy does that service. And so they, they don't trust each other. They don't trust so each other. Well, y you know, it's like networking. So maybe they haven't worked together yet. But, you know, when, when they meet and if they haven't like really connected or had a beer together or some kind of experience together, um, like referenced it, you know, I mean, they, they you know, and gone, gone to do the research about this other person. They just don't trust each other. But it's weird because I, I as a woman I didn't, don't see it like that they really hide it very well I think because when guys meet they're like oh yeah hey oh yeah you know that guy too oh yeah and they're like high-fiving and stuff and I'm like whoa what the hell but apparently it's a front <laughs> may no, I just say something sorry may I just say something about the drinking don't. beer together because that in a lot of places in Germany I think um, is still a thing even in politics and stuff where like People won't, like, the, politicians need sponsorships. I heard this from a friend the other day who has um, a, a guy friend. He's in his 40s or something, and he doesn't drink. But he has, like, he would be a great politician. He, um, you know, he really cares about the people. He knows a lot about all the different things. And the problem is that to become... Um, Uh, a politician of any means you would have to get sponsorships from like banks and stuff and okay. um these people the heads of these uh, banks who uh, who put out the sponsorships um they don't trust you unless you go drinking with them <laughs> so that's a problem <laughs> yeah i mean he could he could just drink in duels and like not mm, tell them you exactly. know yeah like you could try but this This is, yeah, this one, I mean, come on, like, and, and as a woman, you can't be one of the guys drinking, like, and, yeah. and, and so a lot of the time, like, the, these kind of, it's kind of goes back to, um, I guess it kind of also goes back to locker room talk, it's kind of just like yeah. stuff that as soon as a woman's there, they won't talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, and or because you're because you're an outsider. To. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's and so it's so ingrained. It's yeah. so it's so like deeply ingrained. Like, I'm I'm a queer woman, right? So, um, 
after I've come out to my male friends, because like anybody who's watching this and is queer knows that you come out like a million times in your life. It's not just one time. So when I come out to my friends, my male friends, sometimes I'll get, oh yeah, we can say that shit around Michaela. She likes girls too. It's fine. It's fine. We can talk about that shit in front of her. And what do they say? And it's like, oh, what do stuff? they say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's just like a dirty joke, but I'm like, even if I was straight, like you can say this stuff in front of me. And like, yeah. it's weird because all of the sudden they see that common ground with me and they're like, oh, she probably sees women like I see women and I can, she's one of us. God, I hope not. And like, it kind of, it, it lets me like come into the thing. Yeah. And then I call them on like shit and they're like, oh, <laughs> you know? good but, but you're so you're so yeah. right because it's like it's like that it's it's a really old school thing of like the men are in the tavern and drinking and the women are home with the children and that it's such it's it's so like subconscious and mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't realize it like my best friend is a man and like obviously i have like my husband and they're both really aware of this kind of stuff And I've known both of them for like a decade since we were teenagers and watching them unpack that shit and watching them unpack like their internalized misogyny and patriarchy and stuff. So I don't care how woke your man is, like he's got some internalized misogyny. We all do. Even women do. We have a lot of things that we need to kind of like Mm -hmm. unbox. But it's just so interesting watching watching women go through this kind of shift that we're having and watching men go through the shift we're having as well. Because some mm-hmm. men are violently rejecting it, like you said, like, oh, a woman's in the room now. We can't talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then other men are like, you know, having these like come to Jesus moments like, oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to ask a question. So y- you're queer. What does that mean exactly? Because you were saying husband as well. So what? Oh, I- yeah, I'm I- bisexual. So. OK, I see. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. I'm like, what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Un- yeah, unless no, I'm, much I'm mistaken. I'm like queer encompasses every type of different yeah. sexuality. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Queer is just like a blanket term, you know. I see. Okay. okay. Well, thank you for yes. I, I'm hetero, okay, no so I I didn't know about that. <laughs> and also, I I don't. It's like you know all the letters. I really don't care what anybody is because it doesn't matter to me. You know, I don't see people that way of, oh, they have sex with those that group, so they're that way. Right. And so they're, you know, right. I, it's not, I, that, it's kind it, of in my the, head, the it doesn't point, work that way. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the point of the show is also like unboxing, because we, we were like, we don't want to label people. Women are labeled, they're put into a yeah. box. And it's the same with mm-hmm. queer people. You're labeled, you're put into a box, you're put into a drawer, you're only allowed to be that single thing for the rest right. of your life and that's right. exactly what we're like we don't want <laughs> especially exactly. like being bisexual like i can't tell you how many times people are like oh so you picked a side i'm like i'm i'm married i'm not dead like i'm not i'm still i'm still aware of the world around me like come on i basically i basically liken it to like when especially when i hear it from straight women i'm like okay so you're married does that mean like you're never gonna look at jason momoa again like girl come on like, get real Lies. So. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think um, we've got author today, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yes. It was really, really great chatting with you. And uh, we went through a whole host of subjects, didn't we? So. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So it was so great being on with you guys. I loved it. 
Awesome. Well, <laughs> so um, yes. Yes. Thank you so much. So uh, thank you all for watching and um, for tuning into Unboxing Women. Be sure to connect with us and with Michaela on our socials. You can find everything down in the show notes. And um, yeah, so join the movement and uh, let's make some changes around here. And as always, if you've had any sort of, you know, um, encounter with the term such a bitch, you know, let us know. Put a hashtag on your um, on your post and let us know. And uh, yeah, don't forget to support your favorite artists in these times. So uh, yeah, my name is Mike Rose. I've been chatting with Dana Rex and we've had Michaela mm -hmm. G. Jordan on for this show. Um, this is a bi-weekly show and we will be back for you all in two weeks time. Same time, same place. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you thanks. soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.